We ready to drop this thing? Uh, Houston, uh, we are uh, ready. Okay, everybody, let's take it from the top. Atomic batteries to power. Four. Prepare for warp speed. Turbines to speed. Three. Standby transwarp drive. Two. Roger. Ready to move up. On my mark. One. Let's go. This is the Low Down Sports Show with Drew. Yes, sir. And BJ. Let's get at it. And it starts now. Welcome into another episode of the Low Down Sports Show. This show is a part of the Basketball Podcast Network presented by DraftKings. I'm your host, Drew. And I'm BJ. And we're here to get the lowdown on all things basketball. Got a chock-full show today, starting off with a little bit of Mavericks, also talking some Blazers and the news within that organization, along with some WNBA news that just happened earlier this week with some coaches losing their jobs. We're going to break it all down and, of course, at the end, play some with it or quit it. So, BJ, you ready? I'm always ready, Drew. Ready is my little name. Yes, sir. All right, let's get right to it. All right, so Dallas Mavericks, first topic on hand today. Mavericks dropping eight of their last ten games after a 9-4 and four start. They are now under 500 on the season at 11-2 and two record. BJ, the Mavs have been reeling ever since Luka went down the first time when he missed a few games, the back-to-back games against the Suns, and then the, the first Clippers game. Then he came back in the second game against Clippers and helped the Mavs to a victory there. And they have only seen one victory since that overtime win against the Clippers, and that was the first time against the Pelicans, dropping, you know, dropping a game against the Wizards where they have, you know, extreme history against the Wizards, winning all-time series or winning the past season series against the Wizards dating back to the 07-08 season, dropping a big loss to the Cavaliers by uh, nearly 20 points dropping the second game to the Pelicans by 15-plus, and then not being able to close out the Nets most recently as Tuesday after leading by as many as 17 with just about all of their players minus Willie Cauley-Stein back, even though most of these players that came back from injury were a bit hobbled. BJ, how many of these games have you seen in this rough stretch You know, from, from the Mavericks, and, and what have you seen that's made it so rough for the Mavs? Well, like you said, Drew, and and I've watched. I try to watch at least, uh, you know, most of the game if I can. Uh, I've got to go back and and watch, uh, rewatch the Nets game again. Uh, but I, I just, I'm just, I'm speechless in terms of how the Mavericks were not able to win that game against the Nets. They had a 17 point lead in the third quarter. Ended up getting outscored twenty-seven to thirteen in the fourth to lose by three points. It's just I I don't know what the this team's problem has been. They they have, you know, like you said, other than that win against the Pelicans, and which by the way they had to, you know, pretty much be not not necessarily historically accurate, but one of the best performances in NBA history, and with their shooting to win that game. They they just cannot buy a break right now. I you know like you said it's it's been a rough stretch. And you asked me last week, and that was before we even saw I believe the first Pelicans game. Uh, the the way they've been, you know, on, on such a downward trend uh, that I didn't think they were going to make the playoffs if they kept playing like this. And well, here we are, you know, with a couple more results and they've since gone under 500. They're no longer first place in the Southwest division. They've got to play at Memphis next. And that's going to be, you know, I mean, by the time uh, we'll, we'll know how that one goes by the time that this episode comes out, I just don't expect that one to be a win. Uh, you know, the first time they played the Grizzlies a couple days ago, they ended up losing that one. The Pelicans lost, Without Luca or KP, I mean, it makes sense, but at the same time, it's just you've got you're coming off such a great performance from everybody, and then you don't have two players, and all of a sudden, that's the difference from winning by 32 to losing by 16. I don't think I've ever seen a 48 point swing between two, the same two teams, you know, in in with a day apart in between games. Basically, it's it's just 
you, you've got to finish off games. You've got to be able to, you know, take care of business when, when you've got a 17 point lead in the third quarter, the Nets are a good team. Give them all the credit in the world for coming back and, and winning that game. But they certainly were not, uh, they certainly were, it made Mavericks made things a little bit easier for them by not making jumpers late. Crazy part is like they could make so much headway if they managed to turn things around because amazingly enough, BJ, and this is still going to sound hard to believe, um, but the Mavericks are still in the playoff race right now. Uh, they're currently sitting at seventh in the Western Conference standings tied with the the Nuggets at 11 and 12. But, um, I mean, there's still a lot of things to work out, you know. Uh, oh, absolutely. One of, the, one of the few teams in the – in the Western Conference right now, currently on a three-game losing streak, and um, they have the the worst record along with the Nuggets and the Thunder in their past ten games, dropping eight of the last ten. So, you know, it, it's been a bit of a rough stretch on the uh, on the Western Conference side of things for a lot of teams that's that are really um, you know fourth or fifth seed and below. Everybody else, the top three, are pretty dominant. They have they haven't lost more than seven games. You know. Uh, yeah, from each team, you know, Warriors twenty and four, as well as the Suns and Jazz are sixteen and seven. Then everybody else has ten plus losses. And amazingly enough, the Grizzlies have been able to hold firm up there without John ja Morant for I believe the past week or so. So um, yeah, they've won five in a row, and and I don't expect that to. I mean, I've not seen anything that makes me think that that you know that they're they're not going to continue that at home against the Mavericks. But you know that's. Right. That's the crazy thing is that, you know, you, you never you, – if you think you know what you're going to see from night to night, uh, you know, you really don't. So it, I could just as easily have been proven wrong, but, you know, at the, the end of this week uh, by by saying that the Mavericks are going to lose to the Grizzlies and, and then they come out and, you know, you get another Luka Magic three-pointer at the buzzer or something like that to win another crazy game between those two. Right, and for those that don't know, this is being recorded on a Wednesday right now, so Mavericks and Grizzlies are playing tonight, and when this episode drops, the Mavericks and the Pacers will be playing on Friday night. Yeah, uh, and the Mavericks, are, and they're not in Indiana, are they? Yeah, they are going to Indiana. Okay, well, I, I heard that uh, Indiana is actually going to be without uh, one of their star playmakers tj mcconnell he's gonna have uh, surgery and he's gonna be out for a few months so there's it might, a possibility he could miss the rest of the season yeah there, he, he that's that's gonna be that's gonna help out the mavericks uh if they can you know if they can get some even if they don't win against the grizzlies if they can get some positive momentum i think the schedule you know schedule for the mavericks uh if i'm not mistaken is going to ease up a little bit they've been playing some teams that you'd expect them to win and then they've been playing some really good teams here as of late and so if they can just kind of you know find their their stroke again and and just kind of you know get back and and not you know be in their heads then they've definitely got a chance to you know get things figured out looking at their upcoming slate after that they've got oklahoma city that's you know, potentially another win that that'll be on Sunday. Then they host Charlotte and then they host the Lakers. Those are going to be two interesting games in terms of, uh, you know, you get either one or if you sweep both those games and you're right back in, in your winning ways, you've got two games with Minnesota and then you've got uh, a couple games that should be very interesting with the Bucks and the Jazz uh, around the holidays that, I mean, it, you, you could be – it's not necessarily make or break, but if you're playing your best basketball at that point, you know, in my opinion, watch out. For some more context around the Mavericks, man, um, some some bad news here. It's not, not injury news or anything like that, but there is bad news surrounding that. Um, the Dallas Mavericks are currently outside the top 15 in both offensive and defensive ratings. So it's rough. It is, it's rough out here. So Mavericks are struggling from top to bottom right now. And, uh, you know, they, they've got to fix something. Um, I, I know, you know, you know, health is going to be a big factor as far as, you know, getting things back into gear. You know, I think it's time to start resting Luca for a bit instead of trying to, you know, let him power through an injury, kind of like the uh, the Cowboys are doing with Zeke, letting him play through it. He, mm-hmm. he needs to sit, he needs to rest and get fully healed because, you know, just trying to power through this right now, there's just, there's just no point in doing that. You know, I know we're going to struggle a little bit without him, 
you know, and it's hard to win basketball games without Luca because, yeah. you know, we don't have a whole lot of guys that can really go get a basket by themselves. And, you know, we're devoid of a lot of playmakers. But you need this superstar healthy. You need this superstar healthy. So, yeah, they, they've got to make the executive decision to uh, save Luca from himself and, and sit him down for a bit. Uh, it's very necessary. I believe it's got to happen. You know, just as much as he likes to win and he's such a competitor, he, he's got to sit himself down. And, and uh, you know, some reports have been coming out lately. Um, and just, uh, you know, I mean, you can see it. And uh, you remember last year, BJ, you know, Luca played 66 games mm-hmm. and uh, he he went straight into the Olympics. So, I mean, he didn't have much of a break. So he went, you know, all throughout this entirety of the NBA season playing 60 plus games, 65 plus games uh, straight to the Olympics where they went pretty far. The farthest Slovenia has ever gone. Yeah. And, um, you know, he didn't have much of a break. He only had to, you know, really take a few weeks off, maybe a month max. And, you know, he was having to get right back at it. So, you know, he, he his body's kind of kind of weighing, you know, just a being a little bit tired and beat up from all the basketball he's played over this past year or so. And, yeah, and, uh, and uh, didn't he, he say something after the Nets game about uh, wanting to improve his conditioning as well? That's I mean, exactly that, where that I was make... going. Okay. Um, Matt, a superstar, you know, he's admitting to his issues with his weight and his conditioning. He's, he's out of shape. Uh, you know, uh, Hall of Famer Reggie Miller working on the TNT broadcast said during the game that Doncic was, quote, plodding up and down the court and, quote, has got to trim down. Um, apparently in the past two seasons, Luca has come into the season weighing at least 260 pounds. So, I mean, I know he's like six foot eight, but 260 pounds, that's, that's uh, and, and you can t- like the difference between 250, 260 pounds. Like look at LeBron James, 250, 260 pounds. Look at Luca's 250, 260 pounds. Like there's a difference between those two right there. Like LeBron yeah. is, you know, that's muscle. That's lean. That size, you know, Luca, he's got the size, but you know, he's not defined. You know, there's no muscle. He's not lean. You know, that's, he's got on extra weight that is not good weight, not the LeBron weight of 250, 260. Yeah, he was, he was enjoying the the home cooking, wasn't it? Yeah. That's what, what added to the, 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 the pounds that he put on. Yeah, definitely took advantage of Thanksgiving probably while he was at it too. <laughs> but um, it's definitely not helping his injuries too. You know, he's, you know, uh, this conditioning and being a little bit overweight, you know, it's going to weigh in on those knees and that knee that, you know, has been bothering him and, and the ankle, you know, not not as easy to recover, especially, you know, you're not taking much time off, you know, a game and a couple of days and then trying to get right back to it, something that's been nagging for the past couple of weeks. You need to sit down for a while. You yeah. Know, whether, you, whether you miss five straight games or, or whatever, you need to sit down until you are as close. I mean, as close to 100 percent as you can stand as far as sitting sitting on the bench goes, because, you know, he's coming out here playing. I mean, you you might could say he's 70 percent, maybe. Yeah, maybe. But I mean, I'll, it's I'll t- obvious, you know, his limp and, you know, his his uh, his disdain for his injuries, his knee this nagging ankle like you can see yeah. it. Everybody can see it. I'll tell you, Drew, I walked like about two miles or so, maybe even more on Saturday. And my ankle, my foot has been off this whole entire week. And I'm not a world-class superstar athlete. So your body just has to rest and, and you just cannot ask it to do more than it's capable of doing. And you know me, I'm I'm not a world-class athlete, like I just said, but I'm also, you know, I'm, I'm, I may be probably the closest in, in terms of weight, not definitely not height to, to Luca. So, you know, it, it's just... The body, you you've got to you know be careful with it, and you can't ask it to do more than than what it's used to doing without taking the time to let itself properly heal. Yeah, and expert yeah. medical opinion from Doctor BJ here, so. <laughs> Doctor Laudermilk on the <laughs> Doctor <case>. Laudermilk. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, same thing kind of goes for KP. You know, almost as much so, if not more, just because he's had more nagging injuries over the years than Luca has uh, by far. Yeah. Uh, just so, so I mean, you know, whether I mean whether both both of your stars are down or not, you know, play the conservative game for a little bit until you can see like these guys are back back. Like you don't have to worry for the most part about putting them back out there and then giving them giving a hundred percent and not getting re injured within one or two games. Then sit them, like 
we're okay with that. Like we're going to suffer a little yeah. bit. Yes. But wouldn't we rather later on have them back nice and healthy to play throughout the duration of this season and hopefully into some playoffs? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, Mass need- fans are, Mass fans are impatient, but they're going to have to counsel themselves into some patience. Yeah. Luke and KP don't need to play all 82 games. If you want to have your guys, you know, in, in a position where they can make it through a long grueling postseason potentially and, and try to, play for a title you've got to have you know you can't you can't be asking them to go through the whole season and then the whole postseason without giving them a chance to recover so if it means that we you know we lose a head scratching game to Oklahoma City but we rest our our key starters you know if if it leads us to a championship then you know I mean nobody's going to question that in June what you did in December to to keep your your superstar athletes healthy and lastly regarding the Mavs BJ Rick Carlisle's Indiana Pacers are looking to shop their stars. They're looking. And to they're shop. not the only one, aren't they? Right. Um, Demontis Sabonis, Miles Turner, and Karis LeVert. You know, Karis LeVert less of a star than the other two, but you know, still mm-hmm. a guy that can go get his own bucket, and he's a good player. Um, but you know, this is the last thing I'm gonna mention about them. And I, I think it's an obvious yes. Mavs need to pick up the phone and you know make some calls about it. But do you think do you think that we can get a Demontis Sabonis or a Miles Turner or even a Karis Levert? I think Karis Levert is gettable, but do, yeah, kind of depends on what cost. If they're asking for Jalen Brunson, you kind of hesitate maybe a little bit. Definitely, but, um, yeah. But uh, Miles Turner would be a great asset, you know, defensively, and he's. He can score the ball. He's starting to stretch his game out to the three-point line. And DeMontis Sabonis, you know, he can score the ball. And that's another. That's a facilitating big, too. So um, that would be an added help as far as facilitation goes. And, you know, he can bring the, he can bring the ball up the floor. I mean, he's no point guard, but, you know, he, he's, he's a good enough player to where you trust him to bring it up if you, if you have to and you want to get some other players down the court. But uh, the question really here of EJ is, who would you rather call about, Sabonis or Turner? I think I'd have to say Sabonis. Um, the question that I come back to is, in order to get Sabonis, are you going to have to give up a Dwight Powell, a Maxi Kleba? You know, what are they going to want in return? You're looking at essentially, uh, you know, two guys that are about the same age, the same height. You got, you know, a couple more pounds on Turner than than you do Sabonis. Uh, you know, and, and you'd also uh, – uh, Sabonis is owed more money uh, if, if you try to go after him. But I think that you get somebody like a Sabonis in here, if you're the Mavericks, uh, depending on what they ask for in return, you've got your, you know, three big time superstar playmakers that could really, you know, everybody talks about, you know, uh, the Lakers having their big three with Westbrook, LeBron and, and Davis, the Nets, obviously with, Kyrie, uh, Durant, and, and Harden when when they are all three playing. Uh, you get a Sabonis in here, you've got three young superstar athletes, uh, and you actually set yourself up for not just success this year, but success in the long term if you can keep all three of them uh, on the roster. And, and you could really try to set yourself up to be a team that contends not just – for 2021, 2022, but the next three, four years at least uh, before potentially, you know, having to make a tough decision. Yes, indeed. And that's going to do it for our Dallas Mavericks chit chat for this podcast, but time to shift to another NBA basketball team. That's got a decent bit going on right now. And that's the Portland trailblazers, Portland Trailblazers recently fired general manager and president of basketball operations Neil Olshey on this past Friday, December 3rd, following an independent investigation that determined he violated the team's code of conduct. Quote, out of respect for those who candidly participated in that privileged investigation, we will not release or discuss it, the Trailblazers said in a statement. We are confident that these changes will help build a more positive and respectful working environment. BJ, this is this is just one of the bad things that's kind of going on within the uh, Trailblazers. And, you know, people that are Blazers fans are probably happy about this firing. You know, I think, you know, it's safe to say that we could probably 
uh, also be happy about this firing as well. Yeah. Um, so, and the other things going on in the organization, uh, you know, have to do with some of the players, you know, Damian Lillard had ha- has had one of his worst seasons, if not his worst season in the NBA this year. And most recently guard CJ McCollum is going to be out now for some time after a CT scan revealed he has a collapsed right lung. Mm-hmm. And not to mention these player these these player things going on right now, but Chauncey Billups is not working out for the Portland Trailblazers so far. Uh, it's not looking no. good. Um, it was a questionable decision back when they made the decision. Um, and, and everything's just kind of a bit of a turn, uh, kind of turning on its head for the Portland Trailblazers here. Um, what do you think about what, – what's your thoughts on, on the firing of Olshi? And and how do the Blazers, if at all, without making some significant moves, turn this thing around? Yeah, I mean, I think it was the right decision. You know, if um, at least according to Yahoo Sports, the uh, the Trailblazers with Olshi had had uh, instances of bullying and intimidation. There was a it was considered hostile work environment. Uh, what you also have to remember, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, didn't Olshi come to Portland after he was part of the Clippers under Donald Sterling? I wonder if, if that, you know, maybe not necessarily – hold on just a second. Maybe maybe not necessarily, uh, you know, just taking a page out of Sterling's playbook or anything like that, but – if, if if Sterling was the kind of owner that we think he was, where he was turning a blind eye to some of the the you know negative things that were going on, uh, stuff that is not going to be allowed to be tolerated in this day and age, nor should it be, um, then you know having the similar circumstance where you you've got uh, you know that kind of a work environment up in Portland, it, it it's you know it's it's good for the Trailblazers to to clean house and, and try to get rid of, of the problems. Uh, you know, it, they, not just Olshi, but uh, I believe their president and CEO had also stepped down uh, here. You may correct me, but I think it's been pretty recent, maybe in the past few weeks. Uh, it's, it's just, you know, th- things are, have been disastrous for Portland after, you know, they got rid of Stotts at the end of last year. Like you said, Billups is not working out. Um, you know, there were questions about his experience and concerns about him that uh, were had plagued the, you know him for for more than twenty years now, I guess. Uh, and how uh, the organization selected him over probably more qualified candidates. It just there. It, it's basically you, you needed to you know have a deep dive and and try to clean up this this program and 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 get it to back to you know being a respectable front office and having everything uh you know having having a solid you know modern day work environment for everybody that's there and make them feel comfortable and 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 give them you know make them feel like they're valued members of, of the Portland trailblazers. So I'm, I don't have a problem with it at all, especially if, if the, you know, the, uh, the instances that have been reported are true, which I imagine they would be if, if they're being reported on. Yeah, I totally agree with that BJ. Um, also the, uh, the replacement for old she is going to be Joe Cronin. He's going to serve as the interim general manager during the Blazers' search for a permanent replacement, the team said. Um, they announced, and uh, I think you mentioned, no, you didn't mention this. Uh, Blazers announced earlier this month that law firm O'Mel, O'Mel, ooh, let me try this again. Law firm O'Melveny and Myers was conducting an independent investigation into, quote, concerns around workplace environment by non player personnel at the practice facility. So uh, they're saying Olshi had created a hostile work environment with instances of bullying and intimidation, according to a Yahoo Sports report at the time. Olshi, who is 56, was a member of the Blazers front office since 2012. And here's what you did mention, BJ, when he took over as general manager following nine years at the L.A. Clippers organization. 
He added the president of, uh, of basketball operations title in 2015. Um, so Blazers, you know, they're trying to figure things out. Uh, will Billups make it the whole, whole year? Um, I bet some I, I think so. I, I, I can't imagine yeah. that, that Billups would get fired after year one. They, you know, even if, if he has struggles and finishes off the year and, and well, I, I mean, like, I don't, I don't see him getting fired probably mid season is, I mean, no. just a question to pose, but I, I, I wouldn't rule out after year one, letting him go just depending on who they bring in to replace him and and if they believe or who they bring in to replace Olshi for basketball ops and president or president of basketball ops. If if, uh, if they want to keep Billups, if they like Billups and want to give it another year just to see how it's going to go down. But, um, you know, the other notable thing that we had briefly mentioned, you know, that injury to uh, CJ McCollum, that's that's tough right there. Yeah, Uh, and and Lillard. Lillard also, I think, has been out. Yeah, uh, yeah, I mentioned that a bit. Um, his injury was a lower abdomen uh, mm-hmm. tendinopathy, mm. is what is what they were calling it. And uh, they had some other injuries as well. As I'm looking into it now, Afrini Simmons has been out with a right ankle sprain, and forward Nasir Little has missed four games with a left ankle sprain. Um, yeah. uh, guard Ben McLemore left the same game that C.J. McCollum did recently uh, against the Clippers with a bruised hip. Uh, center Cody Zeller has a bruised white right quad. So they're pretty beat up from top to bottom, um, you know, on top of Lillard not having the greatest season uh, of his career. And, you know, CJ, he was averaging 20 and a half points, 4.1 rebounds and four and a half assists this season. Not doing too bad, probably a little less maybe than what he's been accustomed to the past couple mm-hmm. of seasons. But, you know, when the team all around is struggling, there's only so much you can do. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of things to figure out over there. Uh, in Portland, um, Here, here's here's the uh, real quick, Drew. Uh, for the Portland Trailblazers, if if Billups is going to get another year, watch and see how they respond to this, and and if they give up on the season and they decide, you know, let's go ahead and trade away Lillard, let's let's get rid of, you know, our our big assets and and just uh, you know try to build up again and and build a team around you know a, another high caliber athlete right now they're still in the the thick of you know the playoffs in the western conference as you mentioned they're only i believe a game back of the mavericks for that seven spot so right now they're 10 and and in the play-in tournament at the moment uh if they you know if 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 that is the case then you could expect probably that billups probably will not get a second season and that the new gm and president of basketball ops will bring in somebody else if they, you know, turn it around and even shorthanded without, you know, if, if they get things figured out, even without McCollum and they end up making the playoffs, then you've got a, you know, a reasonable chance for Billups to, to say, okay, let me, you know, let's get healthy. Let's get year two and, and let's get back to trying to be a Western conference contender again in 2022. BJ, you're a football fan. Oh yeah, Drew. I'm watching games every weekend. Well, I'm sure you you love the action-packed, high-scoring NFL games that go on on Sundays and Thursdays and Mondays. With the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. Yeah, Drew, I love placing you know money uh, on NFL games each weekend. I wish it was as easy as it is with DraftKings for me to to win as much money as they're offering. If uh, sports books aren't available in your state just yet, you can still get in on the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score. With promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. 
Must be 21 years of age or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. G-A-M-B-L-E-R. All right, Drew, how about we go ahead and hit our next subject for today. We got the WNBA, and we had some coaching changes in the WNBA that we've got to uh, let our listeners know about, do we not? Yes, indeed. Before I get to that really quick, just want to share some news from from Tuesday. Oh, uh, yeah. USA Basketball recently named Minnesota Lynx coach and general manager Cheryl Reeve, its next women's national team coach, uh, announced early, actually, Wednesday morning. Uh, reports came out on Tuesday, but the official announcement was on Wednesday morning. Reeve, 55, was an assistant coach for the U.S. team that won gold medals in the past two Olympics in 2016 and 2020 and FIBA Women's Basketball World Cups in 2014 and 2018, working with head coaches Gino Ariema and then Don Staley during the time. Reeve said, quote, I'm incredibly humbled and excited to be named head coach of the USA Basketball Women's National Team, one of the greatest dynasties in sports. I have enjoyed an incredible journey with USA Basketball since joining in 2014 and look forward to what lies ahead as we seek more gold for the USA. I am indebted to the USA Basketball Board of Directors, Don Staley, Gina Ariama, and of course, my Lynx family who have positioned me for this prestigious opportunity. BJ, Cheryl Reeve is one of the best coaches, if not the best coach uh, in the WNBA. Uh, Definitely, probably currently, you could say that she was the best coach in the league, you, you got arguments from Mike Tebow and maybe Bill Lambeer as well. But Cheryl Reeve is very unquestioned with those four championships and one of the few dynasties in the WNBA. And and her coaching really can't be questioned uh, really at any time. Reeve Absolutely. Also... I, I'm, all, I'm excited. I, I think that this is a fantastic hire. I don't I mean, you know, you've, you've had success with Gino Ariema and, and Don Staley. But I think for for uh, them to go ahead and and say that Cheryl Reeve, I think they're continuing that winning tradition and, and success. I, I, I I'm I'm ple- very pleased with the move, Drew. One thing that they will be missing now is actually one of Reeve's former players, Sylvia Fowles, said she will be retiring from USA Basketball. Though the Americans will still have a dominant interior presence with Brittany Griner, Asia Wilson, and Brianna Stewart still competing in USA Basketball. Absolutely. So congratulations to Cheryl Reed, one of the great coaches that has ever stepped into the WNBA. But, you know, BJ, let's get to that aforementioned WNBA firing of coaches news that we just mentioned earlier in this podcast a couple times, actually. Mm -hmm. Uh, A couple of firings happened earlier this week, BJ, and I was a little bit stunned by some of it that happened. I'll get to the one that happened first, and it happened uh, early Monday. And that was with the New York Liberty is they fired uh, head coach Walt Hopkins after just two seasons uh, with the organization. They said, quote, we thank Walt for his spirit and commitment over the last two seasons. The team said in a statement posted to Twitter, Uh, Hopkins, who was 36, uh, was hired in January 2020 to take over for Katie Smith, whose contract was not renewed. The Liberty later got Sabrina, Sabrina Unescu of Oregon in 2020, but she was injured three games into that season. Uh, in the bubble season in Bradenton, Florida. New York finished the season in 2020 and last place at 2-20. This past season, though, Liberty made the playoffs after finishing dead last in the league with just two wins, but won just one of their last nine regular season games, and they lost a single elimination first-round playoff game to the Phoenix Mercury, who went on to the WNBA Finals uh, later on in the playoffs. BJ, honestly... I was a little bit surprised at the Walt Hopkins firing just because he was dealt such a tough hand. Yeah. Past couple of seasons. Um, you know, you come into the Liberty job, Liberty haven't uh, been very good, you know, with him coming into it, you know, they were in the bottom parts of the league for, for years um, as of late. And then he, then they come in, get Sabrina, you know, that's who you wanted at number one. Mm-hmm. Um and then she gets she gets hurt early on. So, I mean, there goes, you know, pretty much your season right there, uh, even though you made some off-season acquisitions that helped things out. 
but you know that season flushed down the flushed down the drain in 2020. You know, two and 20, like okay, that season's a wash. We're gonna forget about it, and they start fresh in 2021. They draft a couple of rookies, D.D. Richards and Michaela Onyanwede. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of both end up being on the all rookie team this past year, and one ends up getting rookie of the year. Yeah, um, they have the likes of Benaja Laney. Um, they have Sammy Whitcomb, who was who could have arguably been an all star this year. This was definitely her best season in the WNBA. Uh, Natasha Howard, whom they who they acquired in the offseason, but yeah. who suffered some injuries throughout the course of the season. So that hampered their season as well. Um, so a little bit of inconsistency combined with some a key injury or two throughout the season really kind of was a downfall. And then that home stretch, they just they couldn't get it done. And that's that's what the that's what resulted in their their playoff seeding, or else they would have been even ahead of the Dallas Wings, maybe even arguably a, a top five seed in the playoffs had they not gone on that skid to finish the season. Yeah. Um BJ, um have you heard this news? And if so, like what are you making about what I believe was a little bit quick of a firing? Yeah, I had heard about it and I thought it was a little bit quick too. I think, like you said, you know, injuries really hampered this team in in terms of what they were able to do and 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 what they can do this coming season if they can stay healthy i like you said just a second ago though drew i think what it came down to was how they finished the regular season their playoff positioning and then you know getting eliminated even against a really good phoenix team um i think that that's at the end of the day what the what got him the hook yeah, that, uh, you know, winning just one of those last nine games, you know, it brought him down to a, a final record of 12 and 20, which, I mean, ideally doesn't look great in itself, but I mean, you still managed to make the playoffs and you weren't uh, four of the wor- one of the four worst teams in the league. So, I mean, yeah. is that saying a whole lot? Yes and no. No, because you still made the playoffs, but yes, because your record was not great at all and you dropped eight of those last nine games to finish the season when you could have positioned yourself better in the playoffs and possibly had an above 500 record if you flip that that record at the end of the year on its head. Yeah, and and, and I think, you know, um, you, you saw improvement from, you know, 2020 without Sabrina to 2021 where she was able to stay healthy and they were able to make the playoffs. I, I thought it was a little bit too quick. You know, I mean, maybe – Maybe they know something that we don't. Uh, I, I think that um, if, if whoever takes over and is the next coach, if they can stay healthy, is going to look really good in year one. And maybe the, uh, who the next coach is will be able to instill, you know, we got to finish these close games. We got to finish out the season strong. And maybe, you know, maybe watch out for the Liberty as a sleeper team for, you know, a run to the finals next year. Uh, you know, I'm not saying that necessarily, but they've certainly got the talent. They improved considerably. And, you know, you, you, you saw when we talked about last week about the, you know, the, uh, the changes to the playoff format, if they can win a road game in that first round, they've got a chance to, you know, host a, uh, a, a clinching, you know, game at home to move on to the semifinals. Uh, so, I don't know. I mean, you watch out for the Liberty. I think they've got the talent to, uh, you know, potentially have an outside chance at the finals next year, especially if they get the right person in there to take over. They did only just have a 10, 10 win increase from this season, the last season, or rather last season to this season. But I, I really thought that they would have given him at least one more year just to see mm-hmm. what they could have done with a potentially healthier team. But um, to me, BJ, just looking at, you know, the fact that this happened right now when it did makes me believe that there's really something that we're we haven't found out yet. Like there's something underlying here that was the true reasoning of this firing. And I I don't know what it could be, uh, how uh, what type of magnitude it held and how much weight it did into this firing. Uh, or did they just have someone that that they simply thought would do the job better? Nothing against Walt necessarily, but they thought another route would just strictly be better. That that could really be it. They just had a coach that you know they think is going to get the job done quicker and better than Walt did, so they let him go to bring them in very soon. Uh, 
who knows when or if that's going to happen. Um, but I really truly think that there's something that we just haven't found out yet. Yeah, I, I think you're right, Drew. I, 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 I think there's more to it and we may not know, we may not ever find out. Um, but you know, I, I, I did think it was a little bit too soon to make the decision, but I'm also not in the front office and you and I, we, we just, we, we get paid to talk about it on, on this <laughs> show basically. Right. And uh, the other firing was Phoenix Mercury's head coach, Sandy Brondello, which you know, BJ, I'm a little indifferent about this one because I think it should have happened already. Um, mm. To be honest, you know, just she, she's been there since 2014. Um, in her first season, they went 29 and five and won the WNBA championship. You know, quite the first season in a league. But it, that year, BJ, that team mm-hmm. was loaded. Yeah, that team was loaded with talent, um, and you know, just they were poised to win it from the jump. I mean, they yeah. lost one game in that playoffs, one game in that playoffs. And, uh, you know, they won seven, obviously went, went all the way through it and just kind of dominated their way through. I believe that is the year that I want to say that's the year that Cappy got uh, uh, finals MVP in that season. Uh, I could check myself on yeah, that. I think you're right, but. Don't want to be a hundred percent on that one. Let me actually just check really quick, just to double back on myself because I know she got a Finals MVP in one of them. I want to say it was that one. Oh, dang! I thought uh, oh, B-ball reference doesn't have it for me at the top. Just their All Stars, but I mean, nonetheless, that team was stacked. So I mean, yeah, five games in the regular season and only dropped one in the playoffs. Six total all year long. I mean, that's that was just a phenomenal season. And, and to me, you know, with with the with the healthy years that Diana has had, um, you know, ever since that championship in 2014, I feel like some of those years were wasted away, um, and especially the years where Brittany Griner was the most dominant. Yeah, you know, um, you know, in recent years, you know, she's been an MVP candidate. You know, they did go to the finals this past season, um, and then lose in four to the Sky in the WNBA finals. So. They did eventually make it back, but I feel like they could have won one in between then. Um, so, like, the following season, they won – or they lost almost three times as many games. They lost 14 games, won 20 of them. Um, so, I mean, not a bad record, but still. Um, and then following that, they went 16 and 18, and then just a little bit of difference, 18 and 16, then back up to that 20 and 14, then back down to that 15 and 19. And then a eh, thirteen and nine in the first year of Skylar Diggins joining them in in uh, in Phoenix, I, I just think she she didn't do enough with what she had. Like yes, you know the Storm teams were probably going to win no matter what in you know eighteen and twenty, mm-hmm. and you know there's there's some other teams that you could argue whether or not they would have won it no matter what anyway. But you know they had. Some they still had some very good years of Diana Taurasi early on, and they had, you know, some of the peak years of Dewana Bonner uh, as the six woman, three times six woman with with Phoenix before she came over to Connecticut recently in the past couple of years, and you know I, I just think that they could have won at least one more in, in this time span because they've had so yeah. much talent on their roster. Yeah. And, People and the player that people have been calling the goat for for years on end now. I mean, I think it's very arguable, but you know, she's obviously a super talented player, and she's the highest scoring player in the WNBA, and her record's not going to be broken. No. I, I don't believe it is, you know, because the other dynamic scorers in this league, you know, aside from you know Enrique Agumbawale, who is who is young right now, like Cynthia Cooper was old when she joined. So she, I mean, if she joined back when she was young or the same time span. Uh, you know, length of years in the league that Diana did. I mean, she'd have the record; and nobody would break it. But yeah, and then Simone Augustus. You know, as as the links got even more stacked over there, like she had to share the wealth a bit. So I mean, her scoring numbers didn't you know peak as much as it could have if she was you know the number one option all the time. Because early in her career, she was setting those scoring records, getting up points. Um, you know, at such a high rate. Uh, in her younger years. And then, you know, Arike has the chance as far as staying on pace with, you know, scoring points per game in a season. Uh, 
and things like that. But I mean, it just, I mean, it's really, it's going to be hard for anybody to beat that. And it, I really don't think that one will be, will be broken similar to like John Stockton's assist record in the NBA. It's just one of those that's, n- that's going to be so incredibly tough to, to, uh, to beat. But yeah. I, I just think that it should have happened, you know, maybe a couple of years ago, honestly, um, or at least after the end of last year. Um, so, I mean, they they did it, and the timing of it is kind of odd. You know, once they finally make it back, you know, um, you know the off season whether you know Diana is going to decide whether she retires or not now, um, and it, it's just weird timing at this point. But I'm not going to say it was the wrong decision because I don't think it was. Well, I mean, anytime you have a coach as successful as Sandy was, you know, I I look at you know how many times you get to the semifinals all eight eight years uh or no sorry six times and then you know getting to the finals twice out of those uh you know you you see how successful they'd been but just not quite and my question to you i mean i know that it's you know it's exceptionally rare in the wnba for for a tenure for a coach to be tenured as long as as she was do you think they would have given her another year if she had, if, if the uh, Mercury had won the title instead of the sky this year, or do you think that it was going to happen regardless? And, and if they had won, it would have just been sending her out on top. Well, and I want to correct myself. I said she was fired. It was quote unquote, a mutually parting of ways, but I mean, mm-hmm. is it ever really mutual? I, I mean, may, maybe she she said that she was okay with that because she wanted to, you know, pursue another challenge. Right, and coaches do that often where they want to pursue other challenges that, you know, most of the time don't end up working out. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, kind of most recently to Brian Agler, who had left the L.A. Sparks not too long after their championship to try a new challenge in Dallas where it just didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Um but I think it might have been possible that they, you know, kept her if they were able to do it. But I don't know. It almost seems like the writing was on the wall at this point because, you know, it it had been since her first season since they had made it to the finals. Like, yeah, we talked about those semifinal appearances. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you look back at the way the playoff format was, um, you know, you only got to win. If, if you start out with a first-round game, you only got to win a couple to get to the semifinals. Mm-hmm. I mean – you get a couple of wins, boom, you're in semifinals. I mean, there that's that. Um, so yeah, and, I mean, and she won nine single elimination playoff games in that span to to get to that point. So right, and man, they barely skated out last year with that uh, with that first round playoff win. I believe it was a Shea Petty corner three that got them the win. Just like yeah, they didn't. Right. They should have blown that game honestly, but they were saved by Shea Petty mm-hmm. and. Uh, or whoever was in the corner, I think it was Shea Petty. But, uh, but you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, you know, like I said, she, she's been a good coach for the most part of her career. You know, obviously started things off with a with a championship. But, um, you know, after that first championship, she didn't get more than two, two wins in the playoffs until 2018. Mm-hmm. And then she didn't see two wins again until they made it back to the finals. So, yeah. I mean, that's what I'm talking about as far as the playoff format. You get a couple wins, you're in the semifinals, so that looks real good on paper. But, like, when you think about it, like, what did they really do? Um, and, you know, it, it doesn't look like they were competitive once they got there. You know, they got past, you know, the the bottom parts of the playoff teams that they had to play. Yes, the, I mean, they kind of did what they were supposed to in a respect. I mean, you have, a you know, a perennial six-woman and uh, Dewana Bonner on your team, you know, a defensive monster and scorer like Brittany Griner is plus DT for years. I mean, you better, you better get out of the first round a lot. You, yeah. better, you better make a little bit of headway. Yeah. But, you know, they, you know, they get to the semifinals, you know, they, they suffer just some sweeps, you know, things like that. And, you know, don't make it too competitive sometimes like, dang, how did this happen? Like, you know, how, how do you go from being, you know, borderline 30 wins and, you know, almost, you know, just seemingly indestructible to just not being able to, you know, really kind of sniffed that again at all. Yes, they did lose some players, but, you know, Cappy was gone. Uh, Penny Taylor was no longer there. Um, but, you know, they retooled enough, at least at the at the, at the the top end of it, you know, and they had some serviceable players, you know, on, on their uh, on the rest of their team and as far as the bench depth goes. Uh, so I, I don't see how you don't make those things work. A young Brittany Griner, a prime DeWanna Bonner, 
and you know a still elite at the time diana tarasi so yeah i'm i'm not surprised nor am i disappointed for the mercury uh it's time for a new regime a new era i don't know who they're going to bring in and you know we'll pat sandy on the back real quick you know aside from um you know for her career in phoenix she was 150 and 108 in in phoenix which is pretty good for the most part oh, yeah. uh, so i mean she did do well she got the coach of the year back in 2014 uh with that super dominant team um so i mean she did have she was a good coach uh, i think they just just underperformed in some of diana tarasi's best years before yeah. she tw- started to dwindle a little bit and get hurt Here's a question for you, Drew. You know, hey, just we were just talking about the uh, Liberty. Do you think if they bring in Sandy, that that's the coach that would get them similar to when Sandy came in in, in Phoenix? Do you think that they could go and possibly contend for the WNBA championship next year with just bringing her in? Perhaps? Man, that's, that's honestly really interesting that you ask and see if uh, New York would bring Sandy in. Like, did she leave mm-hmm. Phoenix to go try this quote-unquote new challenge in New York? Oh, mm-hmm. man, I haven't even let that thought cross my mind, honestly. Yeah. Um, Man, I don't know. Uh, Now now that you think about it, I really – oh, man, that almost seems like a real possibility now. Yeah, I think about it like, dang, you know, it, it would make sense. You know, another challenge, you go down there, I mean, you got – Sabrina, you know, the rookie of the year, mm-hmm. another all rookie player, Dee Richards, uh, mm-hmm. Benajah Laney, Natasha Howard, you know, a lot of young players, and uh, something that could work. And I, uh, I think it could happen now. That's manifested you know, into reality, Drew. And you might have <laughs> just, you might have just had a nice little take drop there, buddy. I think that, uh, I think that's a real possibility. I think that's I'm gonna let the mic drop now. Man, I <laughs> drop it on the floor, man. <laughs> I think that's a real possibility. Now that makes me wonder, like, dang, what's Phoenix going to do if they weren't looking to, you know, replace that with – well, I mean, that could that actually falls in line with exactly what I'm talking about. Like, they had someone that they thought would do better, so they just, they're just they just going to remove Walt. And I guess, you know, think about, you know, back uh, behind-the-scenes conversations with Sandy, but like, hey, you know, your time's kind of dwindling over there. You want to come try this? And she could be like, yeah. So, uh, yeah. golly. Uh Goodness. I, I don't know who they're going to replace in Phoenix, no matter whether Sandy goes to New York or not. Um, I, I don't know which way they're going to go. I mean, there, there are talks of, um, you know, coaches out there like Pokey Chapman to come back to the WNBA and coach. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like that's definitely a possibility. Honestly, I wanted Pokey to come to Dallas when we had the vacancy, but uh, they went with VJ, which I like VJ. She's okay. Uh, you know, she, she could work on some things, but I'm not a coach. Um but uh, Pokey Chapman definitely a possibility to fill in in uh, Phoenix probably, but um, maybe you know, even Becky Andy. Hammond if if if, uh, See, if if she wants to be head coach as opposed to you know still another, being an assistant. That's another wrinkle that's been brought up. But just like mm-hmm. but think about it though, like what if she leaves and comes and takes this head coach job that she knows she can easily get? She could get a WNBA head coaching job probably whenever she wanted to. Mm-hmm. But. What if Pop retires like next year or something? Like, dang, yeah, like, like, right like sure, you went and got this head coaching job. Like, you're probably going to kill it in the W. But, like, if you'd have just waited a couple more years, which, yeah, I mean, honestly, how long has it been since you've been there now? Like, at least five or something? I years? think so, yeah. So, like, why not wait a couple of more to really be ushered into your position? So, I mean, like, yes, she would be good, you know, you know. Becky Hammond coaching Skylar Diggins Smith, like, oh, what a little point guard combo that is there. And but um I really think she should just wait it out in San Antonio. I, I think it is hers. I yeah. think the job is hers. And and she could make history once it happens. Like, is it necessarily about making history for her? No, no it's it's not. Like, would it be awesome? Yes, but you know, she deserves that job. So I, yeah. I really want her to counsel patients and just stay there. So Ignore all the W offers that you can uh, and, and and let that San Antonio job just scoop you up uh, when it when it comes available. So, I mean, there are there are other people that could that could come back into it. You know, some people are bringing up the name Lisa Leslie. I mean, she did some coaching in the big three. But eh, do you want her to come be a WNBA coach necessarily? Don't know. Um, and, um, you know, a lot of people have been calling for the firing of likes of Derek Fisher in LA. So that would just make the coaching carousel even more 
you know, interesting is, you know, three big time jobs will be open, a New York job, a Phoenix job where they're coming off a championship or a, a near championship. And then an LA job, like perennial W jobs would be opening. Um, so, I don't know, man. It's definitely, yeah, definitely very interesting. Definitely some very interesting stuff to 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 keep uh, keep on the mind as 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 time goes on until they make some decisions here. And uh, you know, draft lottery is actually on the nineteenth coming around, so we'll be talking about that a little bit as well on this next episode, getting a little bit more in depth into the draft lottery. As BJ, our Dallas Wings are gonna be one of the possible ones to get a chance to get that top pick again yeah. based on their record over the years. So they are gonna at least, you know, get something in the top four along with their number six overall pick. So uh we'll have some interesting conversations about that on the next Absolutely. I'm glad you lowdown. mentioned it. I'm yes. glad you mentioned it because I've got a little bit of a tease for that with the widow they're quitted this uh, Oh man, what a segue then, huh? Yeah. It's not even planned, folks. Just happy little accident. Like Bob yeah, was. yeah, we'll take it though. <laughs> so, Drew, you ready for us to hit the with it or quit it section of the episode? Born ready. Born ready. All right. Let's start with number one, and we'll stay in the WNBA. All right, Drew. For with it or quit it, number one, a WNBA team that missed the playoffs this year will make it to the semifinals next season. Are you with it? Or are you going to quit it? Whoa. Whoa. What? A so, WNBA team that oh, missed no, no, no. the playoffs this oh, no. season. I know, I know what you're saying. Um, <laughs> so I'm choosing between the Washington Mystics, the Atlanta Dream, the Indiana Fever, who definitely aren't going to make that, and the L.A. Sparks. Mm-hmm. Well, with the new playoff format, they got to win to get there. They can't just be there. Yeah. If you got a top two seed, you could have been there last year. Yeah. But, man, it, it's a real possibility with the Washington Mystics if they come back healthy. Um, yeah. Get Maisha Hines-Allen healthy, Elena Deladon healthy, Emma Mieseman back and healthy. Uh, if Tina, Tina Charles comes back and healthy, man, I mean – I don't know. Um, it's a little bit more difficult to say than it was because it's going to be a five-game <laughs> series. So, I mean, mm-hmm. who knows what could happen. But the Mystics do have Mike Tebow. So, man, I'm going to say with it. I'm going to say with it. I love that, it. That a healthy Washington Mystics team, no matter who they play in the first round probably, unless it's like a four or five seed and it's just a terrible matchup situation, Um I think they can make the semifinals. All they got to do is win in the first round, and then they're in the semifinals. Yeah, um, I I love it, dude. Be aggressive. So I'm going with it. Mystics are the ones that can that are going to make the semifinals next year. Heck yeah! All right, number two, switching back over to the NBA. Mm. You've got two possibilities for this, besides whether they're acquitted, of course. But the question is. We will see a Western Conference Finals preview on Christmas Day. Are you with it? Or are you going to quit it? Oh, man. Now I got to double back and see who plays on Christmas. I'll give you the three matchups that include a Western Conference team. Uh, the Lakers are playing the Nets, I believe. Uh, so oh, that's no, obviously... I see it now. I see it okay. now. All righty. So you said one of these matchups is a finals matchup? Yeah, one of these two matchups that have both Western Conference teams is going to be a Western Conference Finals preview. And there's one that's more likely than the other. Oh, Western Conference Finals preview. My bad. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, ooh. if you want to, if you want to include the Eastern Conference in there and and say that one of those two will no, be an Eastern Conference Finals, but I don't, I doubt it. So it's just. So one of these matchups out of these mm-hmm. five games that are playing, so there's yes. there's two West versus West matchups. Yes. And you're asking if one of them will be a conference finals matchup? Yes. Yes, with it. Um, as much as I don't want to be with it, because I mean the, that means the Lakers aren't making the Western Conference Finals. These teams are really good. 
Yeah. And they're the two best teams in the Western Conference right now. Um, Warriors and Suns can very well be the West Finals, and that would be so much fun. Yeah. So much fun. Would actually as good as be- the first two games have been, especially. And I'm hoping that game three on Christmas Day is going to be the best one. Yeah, and honestly, I think the Suns, you know, win that second time and keep the streak going if Devin Booker's playing. So, um, man, yeah, that would be that'd be a really exciting conference finals, um, and that's probably the only way we're going to see it is in a conference finals. So I'm, I'm going to say with it because I, I think that's very possible, very possible. Okay, for number three, and and a little bit less for number four, we're going to go back to uh, something we mentioned in this episode. For number three, and thank you for the perfect segue, Drew. The Atlanta Dream will not end up with the top pick in the WNBA draft. Oh, geez. You're making me play against chance here. (laughs) Me versus the ping pong balls. Yeah. Oh, man. And the the odds. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I mean, they got a 25%. I mean, they got more than a 25% chance of getting it. Oh. But that means they got a little bit less than a 75% chance of not getting it. (sighs) So they will not get the number one pick? Correct. Not get the number one pick. I'm going to say with it, with it that they will not. It would be extraordinary luck that they did. But uh, no. I'm going to know. All right. Okay. Number four. With the slew of injuries and everything that's been going off off the court, uh-huh. the Portland Trailblazers missed the playoffs. With it. With it. The bottom bottom part of this playoff tree is so close. It just depends on how healthy they are. I, I think they'll probably be in the play-in part of it, so they'll get a chance to play themselves into the playoffs. But I just, I just don't know. I think this is the year that they realize that they need to blow this doggone team up. And, you know, after they miss the playoffs, they finally decide to kind of do it. Um, I don't know who, who moves where, but it's, it's blow-up time. I, I think they miss and make the play in, but lose that game and don't make playoffs. I'm with it. All right. So four for four with the with it so far today. I don't know if I've ever done that. I don't know if you have either. Maybe this one will be the one that makes you say quit it, though. Uh, We'll see. All right. Number five. This might be the most controversial question I've ever asked on the show. Oh, man. Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You is an overplayed but still good Christmas song. Uh, we're going five for five with it it is overplayed it is it is but it's still good it's still a good song that was that was prime mariah carey so i mean yeah it's still good it is overplayed though so i think there are other christmas songs that could probably be played more and be more likable but you know every time like the day after thanksgiving boom Mm mm-hmm all I want every time, every time, every time. No, I want you to keep going, keep singing. No, I'm done. I'm done. But it is definitely overplayed, but it's still good, but not good enough to be played as much as it is. Uh, I'm with it. Five oh, for qu- five on with yeah, it. Yeah, five for five or I'm with it. Now, where would you place it in terms of like must listen to Christmas songs? Is it another question? That's not with it or quit it though. Oh, well, I mean, if you want to get like into it, like you get real Christmas and you play the traditional stuff, you know, the, the jingle bells mm-hmm. and um, the, oh, golly, what am I thinking of here? Uh, 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 uh. Another <laughs> song comes to mind, This Christmas by Chris Brown mm-hmm. is a good one as well. I don't, I don't know. It might skate. It might be a top five. Yeah. But. I think it's somewhere in between like four and seven. Okay. I think that's fair. Nat, Nat King Cole. Uh, you got to have that one up there. Mm-hmm. Bing Crosby's a good one. I mean, 
there's a lot. It's it's tough to you know yeah, put together a like a definitive songs. list. Yeah. yeah. And there's a different a lot of different artists that record the same song, so it may just depend on what you which artist you like the most. Right. So like that's not Chris Brown's uh this Christmas. I believe somebody else sang this Christmas before. Mm-hmm. Chris Brown sang his rendition yeah. of it. So But I mean, you like that one better, maybe. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Right. Man. Well, all right, Drew. That's with it or quit it. And I think as we get closer to the uh, holidays and the end of 2021, we'll try to work a few more of those in each week and until uh, the end of the year. And, and we'll have ourselves a, a merry little Christmas and a happy holiday season. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. We still got some more before Christmas happens. So we got plenty of basketball to talk about, uh, talk about before Christmas and the end of the year. A few more pods. Uh, that will be recorded, so be on the lookout for that, guys. And if you're not already, make sure you go to Twitter and drop us a follow, the underscore lowdown. That's T-H-A underscore lowdown on Twitter. Make sure you guys check out the other podcasts within the Basketball Podcast Network presented by DraftKings. We appreciate all you guys listening in today, and we will see you next time on the next edition of the Lowdown Sports Show.